Hi, this is your CyberPath. We're the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. My name is Kip Boyle. I'm an experienced hiring manager of cybersecurity professionals. This episode is available as an audio-only recording in your favorite podcast app. So all you have to do is search for your CyberPath and you should find it pretty easily. We're also a video on uh, our YouTube channel. And no surprise, if you go to YouTube and you search for your CyberPath podcast, you should find us very, very easily. So today I have a guest on the show. Uh, please meet Mark Menninger. Mark is a cybersecurity hiring manager and he's going to share with us some information about who he is, how he got into cybersecurity. He's gonna tell us about um, you know, how can somebody break into cybersecurity? He's got an actually, he's actually got a great story to tell us today about somebody that just joined his team. And, uh, and then, you know, he'll provide some additional, additional insights into, uh, how people can prove that they have what they take, that they have what it takes to, uh, to the hiring managers, you know, during the interview process. And then we'll wrap it up with, uh, and I'll ask him the question, what is the number one mistake that Mark sees job candidates? make. So, Mark, thanks for being here very much. Uh, I'm very happy uh, to have you on the podcast. Great. Well, thank you uh, for inviting me, and I'm happy to be here. Well, let's get right to it. So, would you please tell me, what is what is the current, you know, like, what's your current job? And um, and tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what kind of work do you do? Yeah. So, I am the director of cybersecurity at a company called A Place for Mom. And uh, my office is in downtown Seattle. And um, I lead a security team. And our whole role is to make sure that the uh, security controls are being applied uh, throughout our organization to make sure that our data is being protected. Okay, great. So that means that, um, that you hire people, that you have hired people before. And uh, let me just ask you a couple of questions about your current role. So uh, perhaps people in our audience have never heard of the company that you work at, at before. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what does your company do? And like, what are the top digital assets that you have to protect? Yeah, so uh, my company is called A Place for Mom and it is a tech company. And uh, what we do is we provide a service for families who uh, have seniors and they're looking for senior living communities for, mm -hmm. their, uh, for their relatives to move into. So we are uh, essentially a lead generation service for uh, senior living communities all over the country. Okay. All right. So that's okay. That makes sense. And I think with the, the demographics in the United States being what they are, um, you guys probably have a huge total addressable market. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It is huge. And uh, that's why one of the reasons why our company is uh, growing and uh, we're, the, we're the number one uh, service that uh, provides this information and, and um, these uh, connections to the senior living community. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's, it is a big growing business. And so what kind of digital assets are you keeping your eye on? Uh, really good question. Um, mostly what I would describe as uh, intellectual property, the way that we uh, generate the, the leads and um, uh, process the leads is um, 
very proprietary. And so we, we really want to protect that. Uh, of course, we want to protect the integrity of our systems to make sure that uh, they're up at all times. We're essentially a 24-hour uh, business. And uh, so we're, we're working around the clock. Uh, so we need to make sure that our systems um, are, are resilient and um, are secured to the point that they aren't susceptible to downtown, downtime. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what about, uh, do you have any personal information on, uh, on customers or, you know, like what kind of, what kind of sensitive data are you having to protect? Um, we don't have a lot of personal information. Of course, we've got contact information for our, um, our families and our um, seniors that uh, we're working with. Um, and, and we may have some uh, sensitive information around if they have a particular condition which means they need to go into a particular type of community. So we might have so a medical uh, condition. Yeah. Like maybe uh, they, Alzheimer's they have or Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. And so uh, not all community, not all communities can support that. So mm. uh, we will take a note of that and make sure that they uh, are um, given opportunities to look at communities that uh, can support that. So we do have a little bit of sensitive information about the, um, the families, um, and then as far as the communities who are our direct customers, we're, we're supporting the communities. Um, we mostly have uh, contact information, um, and so we don't have anything um, particularly sensitive okay. related to the communities. Okay, so yeah, so not, not too sensitive. And then, of course, you've got, so you've got your proprietary data, you've got the availability of your systems, you got some yeah. personal information on uh, on customers or, you know, people seeking um, a placement. And then I would imagine you also probably have like payroll information, right? For your workforce, probably Absolutely, another yeah. sensitive, <clears throat> you know, sensitive digital asset that you have. Of course, exactly. you got your, you got the money, right? You don't want anybody to, you know, uh, scam your employer out of money with a business email compromise or something like that. Right. Or a ransomware attack, right? Ransomware attack would be horrid if you guys exactly. you know, yep. fell, fell for that. So, okay, great. I think that gives us a really strong sense of, uh, of kind of what your, you know, your landscape uh, looks like at work. So um, how, did, how did you get into cybersecurity? Like what, could you give us a, you know, like a, a, an understanding of your journey? Yeah, well, I've been doing cybersecurity for a couple of decades. I kind of lost count, but uh, uh, started much the same way as you did. Uh, started as a career officer in the uh, Air Force. And so I was a com communications and computer systems officer. Um, and so I went through a lot of military training uh, to learn the, the skills and the technologies for the military. Uh, so that was... Uh, basic comm officer training, so BCOT, and then I went through advanced comm officer training, ACOT. Uh, and so it's just like hardcore uh, military-grade knowledge of um, uh, systems, comm systems, networks, um, and how to secure those. Uh, I used to use the Stu-3 telephones. You probably use those. The ones I remember those, you, yeah. You they're like a brick, and then you, uh, when you talk to the uh, the person on the other side, it's completely garbled because it's encrypted, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, 
lot of hands-on experience in the military. I uh, led, uh, I was a manager of a test bed for a top secret um, system. Um, and so I had a top secret clearance, and did a lot of the, the top secret stuff related to that. Uh, so I got really a crash course in security uh, straight out of college. I had mm -hmm. a, um, a degree in mathematics and uh, was able to get into that kind of uh, tech role. Um, and then after that, after the military, I, I had a series of um, uh, IT and security roles. Um, in fact, I worked with you in a, in a couple of those. I was a security consultant um, where I would uh, lead penetration tests for our clients or conduct security reviews for our clients. Um, after that, I went into a security management role for a different company um, and then security director role. So I sort of evolved into this security director role. And I really like the uh, security director uh, leadership role because then I get to apply all of my security experience that I've gathered over the last 20 some years um, and uh, sort of mold the program in the way that I think it needs to be done to achieve the level of security that the organization wants. Okay, great. Now, at some point, you needed to make a decision, I imagine. I mean, this was a decision I needed to make, and I, I know a lot of other people who, um, who've who had to do this, where you were an individual contributor and probably, uh, you know, fairly technical to very technical. And then at some point, you probably had the opportunity to transition into people management. Um, right. What was that like for you? That's a really good question. I've often thought about this. Like, why, why am I here? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, it used to be that uh, I used to have this career aspiration to be a CISO, sort of like you. Um, and But a while back, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that I want that anymore. You know, I, I like, I like the the level at, that I'm at as far as uh, being able to directly contribute to the the improvement of the security uh, for an organization. Um, but the idea of being at the CISO, CISO level, where I'm it's more kind of political, and you're having to like go to a bunch of board meetings and stuff, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like much related to security at all. Um, <laughs> so, so I've, I've since changed my mind. Um, but I, I do like the security director role. And uh, to get back to your question, uh, you know, it, it, it was really an evolution um, where I had some opportunities uh, presented to me where uh, I was asked, you know, would you like this role? Um, and I said, sure, you know, it's something I can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and it did give me the opportunity to apply the experience that I have. Um, but then I've, you know, I've, I've sometimes I've thought, well, maybe I would like to go back to being an individual contributor. Um, and maybe, I, maybe I will someday, but, yeah, uh, but could. right now, yeah, you know, maybe as I'm starting to retire, you know, I'll, I'll do a, uh, you know, a halftime individual contributor type <laughs> role or something. Yeah, um, but right now I like the the leadership role just because um, I get to work with a great team, 
um, and I get to uh, mold the program the way I want to. So, um, so it sounds kind of dumb to say it, it kind of happened, but um, I don't know that I, I had a, um, a specific plan that mm -hmm. made this happen, but uh, I, would, I would say that there is, there is always a demand for security leadership, and if that's something that you want to do, then uh, there's tons of opportunities for, that, for you to do that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think your story pencils for for a lot of other stories that I've heard people tell that, you know, like a door was just available and they felt like it was the right time to give it a try. And so they tr they made that transition. And and I'm glad that it that it worked out for you. I know there's some people that make that transition and they didn't you know, they don't like it. And and so that can lead to situations where they feel like maybe they're trapped. You know that they can't easily return to an individual contributor role, right. and I've noticed that that kind of depends on the organization that you that you work at. Okay, so but now that you're in a leadership role, you're really relying on your team, right? You've got to kind of work right. through your team in order to achieve your program objectives. Right. And so let's let's talk about that. So let's say uh, somebody in the audience is uh, wondering, like. Oh, wow. I'd love to get a, a cybersecurity analyst job, right? As a, mm -hmm. as a first job in cybersecurity. And, um, you know, what, what kind of experience do you think somebody would need to accumulate before they would be, um, you know, before you'd start to see them as, as being irresistible that you would want mm -hmm. them on your team? Yeah, well, that's a really good question. Um, and I can give you a, a specific example from, uh, from my team uh, today where uh, about six months ago, we had an opening for a security analyst. Um, and so the, the function of the security analyst is to uh, analyze the gigantic mountains of data that we're uh, compiling with all of our security monitoring systems and our vulnerability management systems, and um, help us prioritize what we need to do. And uh, so it involves a lot of um, crunching of numbers and, and analysis of the data, uh, drawing lots of graphs and charts and spreadsheets and things like that. Um, so we had a job opening for a security analyst to help us with that. Uh, and of course we got lots of resumes and, um, but one really stood out and uh, it, was, it was interesting because uh, this particular person, um, did not have a direct uh, security function at the time when they applied, mm. but they had a an IT background, really strong IT background, and he is uh, he was working in a role that was uh, more like uh, IT support, mm -hmm. and so he was um, doing a lot of work around um, monitoring of systems. So he worked with a sim, he worked with the vulnerability management system. Um, and so he was doing a lot of the, uh, the work that we were looking to have uh, done, but uh, he didn't have security in his title. Mm. Um, and so, but the way he wrote his resume, I was like, this, this guy might be a fit um, because he included a lot of the, the key uh, elements that we were looking for, like the experience with these systems. Um, and so we interviewed him, he, he did really well on the interview and, uh, we ended up hiring him. Mm -hmm. So 
we uh, we took a, a, a person who didn't have a security background um, and pulled him into a security role. And he's been here more than 90 days now, and um, he's been doing great. So uh, it's I think it's a good example for somebody who has a security or who doesn't have a a security role today, but they uh, have they're actually performing security functions and they uh, they are doing maybe more IT work mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so that you, you can actually get a security job if you have the right security um, uh, background. Okay, great. So, you know, I've talked, I've talked with many people who are currently in a, uh, you know, traditional IT role, like IT help desk or something like that, or maybe a systems administrator or a network administrator. And one of the things that, that, that often comes up in the conversation where they say, well, I want to, you know, I want to get a cybersecurity job, but I'm concerned that I don't have the right kind of experience. And then I say to them, I go, well, you know, if you're on the help desk, do you reset passwords? Do you take incident reports? Exactly. Um, well, guess what? You know, you you already have been doing security work, and same yep. for systems administrator, network administrator, because you know they're they're setting permissions, they're you know creating user accounts and that sort of thing. So they yep. already kind of have a part time responsibility for uh, for security functionality, and so I just tell them, you know, lean into that a little bit more and. Uh, and accumulate additional experience, or maybe you already have enough and you just don't realize it. So let's kind of take inventory. And it sounds like that's kind of what was going on in the case of your team member. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm really glad that he uh, recognized that he did have that type of experience and he felt that he could be qualified for uh, our role and he applied for it. And so that's another lesson where... um, don't be intimidated by the fact that you don't have a security title today. Uh, or a special you, cert. Or, or a special cert. He doesn't have a cert. Um, so I, I think he's going for like security plus or something right now. So, okay. um, so yeah, that was not a disqualifier for us. Hmm. Um, of course, we were asking for it. We were, we were looking for it, but uh, it wasn't a disqualifier. Mm-hmm. That's great. So now let's, I'd like to ask you kind of a related question, which is, um, you know, let's say somebody says to themselves, well, well, gosh, that's me. I work in IT. And, and now that you mention it, yeah, I've been doing some security stuff as part of my larger uh, IT job. And now they might be asking themselves, well, I don't have an IT, I don't have a cybersecurity certification, but I'm just kind of wondering, like, you know, how do I, how do I, prove to the hiring manager that, yeah, I'm not a full-time cybersecurity person now, but, but you should take a chance on me, right? So, so they're selling their ability to, to do this job, even though they've never done it before. So what are the things that you're looking for as you make that judgment call where you're saying, like, I think this person can be successful, even though they've never done this job before? What are you looking for? Well, I think at, at first, uh, first thing you need to Make sure that you do have the right experience. You, you know, uh, it's one thing to try to prove uh, that you have the experience, uh, but if you don't have the experience in the first place, there's nothing really to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have that experience. So don't lie your way through it. Is <laughs> exactly <you're> <laughs> don't don't try to bluff your way through something, and you probably don't want to try to apply for a role that uh, has certain skills that it's looking for that you don't have or not even close. Um, 
And so, but if you do feel you have those skills, um, the next step is to be able to articulate those skills um, and the fact that you have that experience. Uh, in fact, that, that gets to probably one of the number one things that I see uh, candidates do uh, that they you know, make mistakes during the hiring process is they, they haven't thought through what I would consider to be uh, some of the obvious questions that might come up during, mm. a, during an interview. So, for instance, in the uh, job listing, job description, um, usually there will be a section where it lists all the responsibilities for the role. A lot of times it's a bullet list. Um, and you should be able to uh, have a solid answer for uh, why you have um, experience that would qualify you to, do, to perform those responsibilities or you have something close to the right experience. Um, and so what I encourage candidates to do is to um, flip those responsibilities around, and turn them into a question that is more than likely to come up during an interview um, and, and ask yourself that question and then be able to answer it uh, in, a, in a succinct way, a short paragraph or so of, um, you know, how you could, how you could perform that responsibility. Um, because a lot of times I'll ask a candidate, um, you know, give me, give me an example of when you've um, run a vulnerability management system, or just give me an example of when you've done this. Mm -hmm. um, and they won't be able to articulate it very well, even if they've done it. Uh, they won't be able to explain um, their experience related to that and how that could apply to the role that we're uh, looking to get filled. Um, so they're, uh, they're, they're missing the opportunity to express how they would be a, a, a really good fit mm -hmm. for, uh, for our opening, for our role. Um, and so and that's kind of tragic. That, that's kind of tragic, isn't it? Right. Because they, they have all this information in their head. They have all this experience, but they just can't say it right in a way that's understandable to you that actually increases your confidence in, in them. Exactly. Like sometimes I'll, I'll ask somebody, you know, do you have this experience? Um, you know, can you give me an example? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've done that before. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, tell me more, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you need to, explain uh, not only that you've done it, um, but, uh, you know, how you've done it and how it improved the organization that you were working for and how it might improve my organization. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so the, the, you know, if, if you don't have that skill set, then, or something that's even close, then, you know, you just have to say, I don't, I don't know that. Right. Um, but then if you, if you answer quite a few of those that way, then the question is, why are you uh, interviewing for this that, role? That's right. Um, yeah, it's like, well, you, you showed me a great resume, but in the interview, I'm not getting, uh, I'm not being convinced that, that you're as good as your resume said that you were. Right, yeah. So, um, and I don't, I wouldn't say that I see that a lot, but uh, to me, it's, it's just a, a lack of preparation, mm -hmm. you know, a failure to, think through what the, the likely questions will be. Uh, and it's as easy as looking at the job description, looking at the listing, 
and just reversing most of it. And right. If somebody asked me this question, uh, how would I answer? I, I think it's a great technique that you're talking about. Like take this skill, you know, must, must know how to run Qualys vulnerability scanner or something like that. Right. And then turn that into question. Right. So then uh, for me, in terms of prep, I would, I would then use that by saying, um, you know, tell me how you kept run of uh, the Qualys vulnerability scanner, or, you know, tell me about the experience that you've had, you know, using the, the Qualys vulnerability scanner. Um, I think that's a great technique. And I would, I would want, and at this point, I want to share with you what I tell people, which is whatever question you're, you're preparing yourself to answer, it could be um, a hard skill question. It could be more of a, like a soft skills or, you know, a, a human relations type of question or a behavioral question, right? You should practice saying it out loud because I've seen people yep. struggle where they, they, they've said it in their head. Right, so they've got this inner monologue where where they're sure they know how to answer that question, but the words have never come out of their mouth before. And just like you're saying, they get surprised when they get in the interview and they cannot articulate something that they actually know right. uh, and know deeply. Right, so mm -hmm. so that's that's a fantastic um, tip for you to give to help people get ready to prove to the hiring managers that they that they have what it takes to to be successful. Any other thoughts about, you know, from, from the interviews that you're doing? Um, can you think of like, what's the number one mistake you, that you see job candidates making in the, in the process of, of getting hired? Yeah, I think it's really just that, that lack of prep preparation, you know, just not being ready for uh, those types of questions uh, that would be uh, likely to, uh, to be asked. Um, not doing the, the practice like you described. Uh, I think that's a great suggestion. You know, practice out loud, uh, talk to yourself in the mirror or whatever it takes. You could to, even write it, right? You could even, yep. I think it would be reasonable. I recommend for you that to, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, to write it out. Yeah, yeah write it out and yeah, pretty much script it. You know, of course, you're, you would have to memorize it before you go in there. You don't want to be like, uh, my Robotic. answer is, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I think that. That's probably the number one thing, you know. I, I think that, um, you know, that we do run into cases where people aren't really qualified, uh, even though their resume looks like they might be qualified. Um, so, so, yeah, I would recommend just applying for roles that you think you can do. You know, you feel pretty confident, like eighty percent level of confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not about like shotgunning your resume all around the world. Um, yeah. Those get weeded out pretty quickly. Um, so that's, that's what I recommend. Yeah. So what, what, uh, so when I talk to candidates about that, um, I say something very similar. I say, look, if you're, if you look at the job description and you see all the requirements in there, if you can do between 50 and 80% of those things, cause most people can't do hundred uh, percent. Otherwise you're looking for a more challenging job, but right. if you can do between 80, uh, sorry, 50 and 80% of what they're asking for, then you should go ahead and you should apply for that job. So it sounds like uh, that we're on the same page, but I yeah. want to share, I want to share one thing that I've learned and that I've heard from other people about um, what, what puts people off or, or keeps them from applying for, for jobs. And I was kind of surprised when I found this out. Um, 
But it turns out that the, that some people read a job description kind of the same way that they read the system's requirements for a game that they want to load on their computer, where you know they look at everything, and if and if they don't have a hundred percent of what's being requested, they assume that they cannot possibly get that job. Just right. like if you tried to load this like new video game onto a system that doesn't have enough RAM. It's like, well, the thing's never going to run. I've got a great video card. I've got all the hard drive space. I've got the broadband connection, but I don't have enough RAM. So this thing's never going to work. And um, so, so I, that, that's something that I learned uh, somewhat recently, you know, that, that, that candidates kind of have that filter, which I don't think is very helpful. So I'm really glad you, you brought that up because that's, that is such an important thing for, for, for job seekers to, um, you know, if you're thinking that way, stop it. It's, right. it's not a yes, no black, white world here. So I appreciate that you, that you mentioned that Mark. Um, well, are there any other, uh, anything else as we come to the end of the episode, was there anything else that you wanted to share, um, that you think would be helpful to our audience in terms of, you know, how do you get your first cybersecurity job? Um, is there anything else that's uh, occurring to you? Yeah, I, you know, I get a lot of people. So I uh, have a course up on LinkedIn Learning. Um, I have a couple courses actually related to uh, starting your cybersecurity career. Mm. Um, and I get a lot of folks connecting with me on LinkedIn and they'll say, you know, how do I start my cybersecurity career? You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an accountant, you know, and mm. it's like, so where do I begin? Um, and, and I'm always, uh, flipping it around and saying, well, what do you want to do? You know, what, because there, there are a lot of possibilities in cybersecurity as far as what you can do. Um, and most of the time they're like, I don't know. I just went, you know, I, I watched Mr. Robot and now I want to be a hacker. And it's like, <laughs> well, uh, it's like, yeah, but now you're you're talking about being like a, a penetration tester or something like that, which is probably the most technical, uh, in in depth uh, type of security rule you could possibly pick, you know. And so it's like, and you know, if you're an accountant, you've got a long path ahead of you. Um, so it really depends on what the role is uh, that you're going for. And so I've got the course it's called IT Security Careers and Certifications up on, on LinkedIn Learning. And um, it breaks down all the, the common uh, careers in security. And it talks about the, the different certifications that you can get that kind of align to those careers. Um, and so I recommend people take a look at that uh, to help them get an understanding of what path they could take, maybe something that's in line with their experience or their personality, um, and then use that to get the, uh, the appropriate experience. I talk about that a bit in the course too. Um, so it's really about uh, having clarity of, mm. of you know what you want to do, and not this nebulous. You know, I, I would love to do something in cybersecurity. You know, what are what? How do I do that? It's like, well, until you know yeah. uh, exactly what you're going for, you're just going to be kind of wandering in the desert. Mm -hmm. That, that's that's absolutely the case. I'm so glad that you kind of opened up this, the doors for us to talk about this because not only do you have uh, a couple of courses on LinkedIn Learning that people can gain access to, um, you know, I, I will, I'm going to add this, which is I tell people all the time who come to me with the very, you know, in the very same way that you just described, um, I tell them, look, you need to to have a job title. 
And not only that, but I want you to go out and I want you to start looking at the job descriptions for the kinds of companies you want to work for. So go on to LinkedIn. There's a massive job section on LinkedIn. You know, go up there and start searching for jobs by title and start looking at job descriptions because that is the key to knowing what you have to be prepared to do. And it's daunting. It absolutely is daunting because there's so many different places that you could work. There's so many different sizes of companies, so many different types of industries. And at this stage of the game, you know, people are just like, well, I just want a cybersecurity job. And it's like, I get it, but you're going to you have to winnow it down quite a bit. Now, I actually made something to help people with this problem. So if you go on to... Uh, uh, we, we, we've actually got a Twitter account, so it's called uh, CyberPath Maker, right? So if you go up there and you cool. search for that account, CyberPath Maker, pinned at the top of our feed is a visual map that you can grab, and it lays out, and is this is a high-vis, high very large graphic, and it actually lays all out the different uh, types of roles that are available, both technical and non-technical, supervisory, as well as individual contributors. And then it also maps out um, what kinds of organizations you might choose to work at. So it's, it, it, it shows up by industry, it shows up by size of company, because it really matters. Like, you know, your job that you talked about that you just hired somebody for, a cyber security analyst, well, that job at your organization, at a place for mom, is going to be very, very different yep. than the same job with that title at uh, like Bank of America. Yep. Very different job. Yep. And so that's something that you have to start to, to understand. So anyway, so for those of you who are watching, if you didn't know about Mark's course, I absolutely recommend you go and, and access it. And if you didn't know about that visual, it's, it's actually a... Um, uh, a relationship diagram. So you should go get that's free. Just go to at CyberPathMaker and grab yourself a copy. It's a mind map, actually. And if you have any questions, you know, just shoot me a, an email. I'll be happy to help you with that. So, cool. Mark, thank you so much for yeah. being here on the podcast today. Um, hey, everybody, if you like our podcast, then we've made a free guide for you. Not only can you go out and get that mind map that you know tells you about all those different jobs uh, that we made. You grab it for free. We've actually got a, a bigger guide for you. It's called Play to Win, Getting Your Dream Cybersecurity Job. And it fully encapsulates the conversation that Mark and I have had today that, that I'm pleased that you've had a chance to, to listen in on. And what, what the guide kind of says is if, if you've been playing Capture the Flag, if you know what that's like, well, you can take that skill set, right? That approach, and you can apply it to your to your job hunt. So it's a 20-page visual guide, and you can get it for free. All you have to do is go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF. Yourcyberpath.com forward slash PDF. Grab a copy of the guide, take a look at it. And if you think it's lacking in any way, then that's fine but you need to tell me how it's lacking so that I can fix it up for you and for everybody else. And if you like the guide, hey, I'd love to hear from you. You can tell me that you like it. Tell me what you like about it. When I revise it, maybe I'll add some more information there. So anyway, thanks very much, everybody, for being with us. And I want you to remember that you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. So thanks very much. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>